Hi guys and welcome to a new episode of Sunday's Overtake, your F1 podcast. Today a lot of things to talk about, a lot has happened over the past weekend, obviously the Austrian Grand Prix, I think we all agree probably to say Austria is a really good racetrack, it always delivers quite intense races, especially this year it was the sprint format weekend. So for those of you who don't know or for those who watch only F1 like here and there and don't follow it properly, a sprint race is a different format from a traditional race weekend. So it was introduced last season and the main idea behind it was like, let's spice things up. Let's make it more entertaining for people who watch because in a traditional F1 weekend, you have Friday is free practice day. So Friday is basically a day for teams to collect data on how the car is running, the tires running, all these kind of things. So there's nothing really much for the fans to look for i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm a diehard fan and i really hardly watch free practice sessions unless you know i'm in my hands and i put it in the background so the idea was to shake things up and to make it more entertaining i think especially for fans at the track they brought this idea of like sprint races last year it was under a different format and just for three races and now this year it came back they changed it a bit so now there's loads of stuff going on on a sprint weekend on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And it's gonna be for six races. This one is the second session. We already had the sprint weekend in Azerbaijan and this one now in Austria. To make it easy for people to understand, basically the way a sprint weekend works is you go on a Friday, you have a free practice session on the Friday morning. And then on the Friday afternoon, you have the qualifying session for the race on Sunday. A normal qualifying session that would normally happen on a Saturday just happens on the Friday and then the Saturday is kind of like its own day there is a shorter qualifying session in Saturday morning which is called sprint shootout it's shorter in time but it runs like a qualifying session same format for a traditional race and it basically sets the grid for a sprint race on the Saturday afternoon which is half a distance of the actual race that's going to happen on Sunday and only the first eight drivers gets points so that if you win you get eight point if you're second you get seven and like that until the eighth position that gets one point and then on Sunday you have the normal race so normal race based on the grid that was set on Friday I don't know if that makes sense I think it's a bit hard to understand if you're not following it properly but in simple terms that's how like a sprint weekend work So this one was the second one this year. And to be fair, like, look, I think it's really cool because I would never say no to more F1. But it's really interesting for people at the track because then you get a lot of action on Friday. You get action on Saturday and Sunday. So every day is kind of important to watch. But when you're watching it just from your house, you're not going there. I found it sometimes it might be a bit too much. Most of your weekend goes just watching F1. You have to commit time on every single day of these three days especially on a Saturday it's like you there's a quali and there is like the sprint race and this time I was watching it on the go because I was away for the weekend and I thought that's a lot like I'm trying to enjoy my weekend and I know I can watch F1 in between but with the traveling and stuff I felt like a lot was going on and I wasn't being able to digest everything that was happening I think there's a fine line between doing enough and doing a bit too much I don't want like the race on a Sunday to lose kind of like it's the main event you know it should be the main event it shouldn't lose the part of its importance if I can say so so if we go back in time and put things back how they happen so Friday qualifying session for the race 
really good quality from Ferrari. My guys, you were there, you were back. Second, Leclerc, third, Carlos. Honestly, I couldn't believe it. I was like, we are back. Verstappen, obviously, on pole. I don't know if I have to mention it anymore. But I think that just the interesting bit was there was a lot of issues with like track limits and we'll talk about it in a bit. That got Perez to get kicked out really early in the qualifying session and start from the back of the grid. Overall, good performance from Ferrari, unusual for Max. That was like Friday. Then Saturday, the sprint got out. This time we saw proper Red Bull dominance. So Max got the poor position in front of Sergio Perez, who was back at the front row. Nico Hulkenberg got the fourth time. Ferrari got really dropped at the back compared to a Friday. And then Mercedes were nowhere. Russell finished 15th and Hamilton 18th on the grid. It was a really big drop, especially for Hamilton from Friday. Apart if you look at the front Red Bull. I think the middle grid got a bit mixed up compared to the day before. That set up the grid for what we call the sprint race. And here we go. So first race of the weekend out of the two, we finished with Red Bull 1 and 2. Max in front of Sergio. A really intense battle between Max and Sergio in the first few corners. Checo was really going out for it. I don't think he will push Max or anything. Obviously, Checo has to be aggressive. That's what he needs to do. He's not going to give it easy. He's so far behind at the championship. That's his only way back at the front. Carlos Sainz finished third. Leclerc, I mean, maybe let's not talk about what happened to him. I don't know if there's any point. He finished 12th. Really disappointing race. There was a big, big difference between his pace in quality on a Friday and his pace in the race on the Saturday. Like, he was just nowhere with the car. The Aston Martin finished 4th and 5th. Stroll in front of Alonso, which was quite strong. And I think it was an okay K-sprint race. It missed a little bit of action, I'd say. Apart from the few first lap. But that means Max got 8 point. Red Bull maximised the point they can take and increase their advantage. So it kind of gives you a bit of an idea what's going to happen on the Sunday, technically. Everybody knew like it was going to be more a mid-grid kind of battle. That gets us to Sunday. And Sunday, victory of, guess who? Max Verstappen. Yes, you guessed it right. I know it was hard to know. Another win for Max. We knew it was coming. It was a good race. There's two things for me I was happy about. Obviously, Ferrari back at the top. When I say back at the top, obviously not back at winning. Otherwise, I'll be on all another level of excitement. But Ferrari back at the top with Leclerc on the podium. Leclerc finished second. His first podium, I think, in five races or something. We were like best of the rest in terms of pace. Even Carlos, he had really good pace, especially at the start behind Leclerc. In the first stint. And to be fair, when the virtual safety car came out and everybody pitted and Ferrari weird double stacking, their pit stop was so slow. I wasn't really confident. I'm not going to lie. I was like, Allah, I don't know what's going to happen. They actually had it right. And it just shows the updates they brought is actually working. We already saw it a bit in Canada, but it's always hard to judge on just one or two races. So now it's been at least two races, they are actually performing and they are outperforming Mercedes and Aston Martin, which is, if we look at where we were at the start of the season, it's a really important step ahead. Let's see how it goes for the rest of the season, but I think Frédéric Vasseur is doing a good job and keeping the team pushing forward. And Carlos, I think, got a bit unlucky. He played a big part in Leclerc getting that second position. He held back Checo so well. He was so aggressive defending in the last few laps, 
I think that allowed Leclerc to increase the gap with him and Perez, so Perez couldn't catch him in the end. So Carlos played a huge role. Carlos finished sixth in the end. And we'll go back to the overall result. I just wanted to highlight that first. But what I wanted to discuss, if we take the results, so Verstappen first, Leclerc second, Perez third, coming coming back from the back of the grid, really, really strong race from Sergio. Lando Norris fourth, and he was voted driver of the day. Really strong drive from Lando. Alonso fifth, Sainz, like I mentioned, on sixth. Russell, 7 in front of Lewis, Hamilton, 8, Stroll, 9, and Gasly, 10 with the last point. Why I'm talking about the top 10 is because there's something to me that's a bit ridiculous that happened this weekend is all this bullshit with like track limits. So in the rules, there is something that says you cannot go over the track limits more than a certain amount of times before you get a penalty. The way it works is so you have to keep your car within what we call the track lines defined and it, they're defined by white lines over the track. So therefore, if you put three, two of your heels outside of that white line, it's fine. But if you put your four wheels outside of that white line, then you off track limits. And you can only do that a certain amount of time before you get a black and white flag, which means you've done this infringement so many times, next time it's a penalty. And then once you do it again, you get a five second penalty. And we saw it, if you watched the race, so many drivers got a five second penalty for track limits at turn 10. A few names just to give you Lewis Hamilton, Carlos Sainz, Nick DeVries, I think Tenuda. And there was a lot of black and white flags. Like Sergio Perez got one, I think a few laps before the end. The thing is, like, I get it's a rule, you know, it's a rule stated by the FIA. And we saw it also impacted qualifying back on Friday. I said to you at the start, I think Sergio Perez got all his time lap deleted because of track limits. And that's why he had to start from the back of the grid because he had run out of time to do a timed lap. I get the concept, you know, you shouldn't go off the track to gain an advantage but this this turn 10 is made in a certain way and the cars are so slippery it's like there's not much you can do about it and and that was why Lewis was so frustrated he was like I just can't keep the car on the track so what do you want me to do it's not like I'm doing it on purpose it's just I cannot I understand that FIA wants to apply the rules but then you also need to think about okay what solution can we find because this is a bit ridiculous and I'll tell you why it's ridiculous because all these people got a a five second time penalty during the race and then after the race Aston Martin filed the case because they were saying the infringements were not reviewed properly by the FIA so the FIA has not applied the proper penalties for these drivers going off track limits and we saw a lot of drivers complaining like Lando Norris was all over the radio saying oh Lewis is off track we saw with so many others Aston Martin won that case the FIA published a report I think like four hours maybe after the race ended with all the penalties there was 1,200 cases of track limit infringement in that race. Do you imagine? They had to review 1,200 laps. And that means Sainz got an extra five-second penalty. Lewis Hamilton, Tsunoda as well. That's why it changed a bit the final results. The final results I gave you is the actual final one. But that came out a few hours after. And I think fun is growing and a lot of people are watching it and it's really cool. But if you're a new fan or someone who's just been watching it for a year or two, you'd be like, what the hell is going on? Why 
are they reviewing the whole race results four hours after it needs to be to be quicker than that and i think it's been an ongoing issue with the formula one on a lot of these rulings and stuff that sometimes are either not clear enough not detailed enough and people just always find ways around them and it just messes up the image that f1 sends back then just wide in the race did you not give you know five more seconds for lewis hamilton when he did this extra more infringements or for carlos signs or whatever basically i don't like when they review race results unless it's within like an hour of the race then okay that's fine because you still need you know teams to be in front of the stewards i can understand that but like four hours later you don't need all this time to review they even have a bit like you know in football they have a team that reviews data in geneva while the race is going on so they should be able to see all this kind of stuff way before i don't think i've ever seen a race with so many track limits infringement even toto wolf came on lewis radio and was everybody's gonna get a penalty because lewis was getting so, so angry about this that's about the track limits one guy didn't get track limits penalty max he dominated this race from the start to finish he just left it a few laps for leclerc to lead but that's it he just wants so much this guy is never before the last lap he had like 24 25 seconds advantage over leclerc he boxed changed his tires and went on to get the fastest lap of the race which gets you an extra point at the championship and guess who he took it from sergio perez yes you heard me right it's like he doesn't want to leave anything he's there to get everything possible even if it's just to his own teammate the impact he has on red bull because if you look from red bull perspective if max gets that extra point or perez get that extra point it doesn't make any difference the team is getting it so for red bull it doesn't make any difference but they couldn't stop max from taking the risk of an extra pit stop because even if though he had the time it is actually a risk to do an extra because something could go wrong even if you're red bull and all your pit stop are in 2.4 seconds you never know something could go wrong and he could lose the lead but the fact that he has this dominance over his team and he's so sure of himself I'm not saying it in a bad way, but he's just so sure of himself and he is so confident in his team that for him, that's not even a risk. That's normal. I have the time to pit. I have the time to go for that fastest lap. I'm going to go for that fastest lap. I like the mentality that he's there to get every single point he possibly can get. But I think it's going to be very, very hard for anyone to beat him this year. He's now... 81 points ahead of Sergio Perez in the championship. That's a big gap. We're not even at the middle of the season yet. The good thing from this weekend, Ferrari now only 21 points behind Aston Martin. The Constructor Championship for the second place is going to be really a tight battle between Aston Martin, Mercedes and Ferrari. Because Ferrari has been back at it in the past two races. And Aston Martin has been a bit nowhere in this weekend, to be fair. Ferrari had clearly pace advantage. Even Mercedes as well. I think they're starting to struggle a little bit that was the wrap of that intense weekend we're not going our way too far next weekend is the british grand prix my local grand prix now mclaren shared on their social media that they're gonna have chrome livery they're gonna race under the chrome colors it's still a bit of orange but taking them back to the old mclaren days traditional colors for their home race let's see what the british drivers are gonna do silverstone is always an interesting one we're gonna have an intense month of July. British Grand Prix is next. Then we're back for two more races before the summer break. An intense month ahead of us. I couldn't be happier. The more F1 there is, the happier I am. But that means we're gonna have a lot of debriefs coming up. Stay tuned and I'll see you next week.